Hello everyone, this is Elsie from Chit Chat with E. Thank you for tuning in. Guess what? This is my 40th episode and I am so excited. I am here for it, guys. And I hope you are enjoying my conversations. And I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for the five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and also the reviews. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I do because you already know when I'm laughing, I'm having a good time. So let's chit-chat. The judge asked Johnny Depp how he felt when he found out that Jack Sparrow was going to be taken from him. I built it from scratch. I put a lot of myself into it. I rewrote dialogues, so I didn't understand how, for Disney, I was directly guilty without first having proven my innocence. So that was Johnny Depp about Disney not being on his side or not even giving him a chance. So he decided he doesn't want to work with them ever again. And he said, The fact is, Mr. Depp, if Disney came to you with 300 million and a million alpacas, nothing on this earth will get you to go back and work with Disney on a Pirates of the Caribbean film? Correct? He asked. Depp replied, That is true, Mr. Rotterborn. <laughs> oh my God. So... <laughs> This world is so funny, you know, to find something that's sad for him, you know, his uh, fans came out and they brought alpacas with them. So now when he comes through, they greet him with the alpacas. <laughs> it's so funny when you see them coming out with the alpacas and, you know, a lot of people really do love um, Johnny, even though he has been through some stuff and people are forgiving when it comes to mental health and you know great actors you know he does great movies he does a lot i i'm really hoping disney and him come back to terms because he really did a great you know he put himself into that into that position of the pirate that he played in pirates of the caribbean and it was sad that they dropped him just like that they should have just said we're gonna put you on hold so you know it's it really is sad he, he you know he and he's really he goes to the hospitals and he visits all the sick children and he comes in character he comes in like the pirate he's sad about it and these are the kind of things that put you into a depression you know losing your job losing your connections feeling alone you know um failed marriage things like that put you into deep depressions that you think you're around people just like what happened to robin williams when he said you can be around so many people and still feel alone so yeah so this is really uh, a sad thing for him and you know you don't know what happens behind doors he's probably crying so much you know or, you know, this is why he turns to drugs um, and, you know, falls off the wagon so many times because he's, he's depressed. He's a depressed person. He's a great actor, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't have feelings because he is still a human. On that note, I can't handle the Johnny Depp Amber Heard. It's I am on the feeder. It's like one layer of crazy. It's a seven layer dip of insanity. It's it's truly amazing just to sit back 
and read the transcripts of what they've done to each other. Every night I get in bed and I'm like, this like, this needs to be on TV. He lost the fingertip. It's so fascinating. I, I, I know that these are two people's real lives and I know what it's like to have your life put out in public. Mm -hmm. um, I understand all the feelings, but they are actually offering up this information. Nobody had to know. This no, is crazy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. Hi, um, it has come to my attention um, that I have um, offended uh, people uh, with uh, making light of uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And for that, I just want to deeply apologize and appreciate everyone who spoke out because this can be a teachable moment for me and how I move forward and how I conduct myself. Um, I can be a more thoughtful and better person moving forward because all I want to do is be a good person. And um, I very much uh, appreciate the depth of this and um, I will grow and change from it. And I thank everyone for helping me grow along the way and teaching me. Thank you. The fact that she used, it has come to my attention. And I spoke about that in my last episode. <laughs> it kind of made me laugh. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was Drew Barrymore apologizing for making light of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's case. Um, like she said, it was a seven-layer dip of insanity. After listening to a few people, a few comments on, on Drew, Barrymore, Drew Barrymore's apology and listening to it myself, because I didn't really get to listen to it, I just heard it on the news. And then when I listened to it, I said, wow, this sounds a little bit like it was, you know, like it was a joke. And the truth is, a lot of stuff is coming out on this trial. A lot of it is, can be humorous um, when you see Johnny laughing and things like that. But in reality, this really isn't that funny. You know what I mean? Where It's like a story that we're looking into in depth. And they are putting their whole life out there of how the relationship was at home. And it really does sound crazy. Um, however, it's reality. It's what happened to them. And, you know, I agree with a lot of people that I don't feel like people's divorces should be, or divorces or any kind of case that has to do with, uh, mental illness and things like that. I don't think it should even be on television. I don't think, I don't think it should be in the public eye. Anywhere you put it, it's recorded. It's public record. They can read it later on. But for us to have to see it, understand, and see the whole thing, it's not... Whatever happened to the um, the cartoonist that will come in and um, make the... Ca uh, not cartoonist, caricature uh, person that will come in and just make the the um, the drawings of the, of the courtroom. Because photography and the video, um, photography and, and audio and all that stuff wasn't allowed in the room. I think we should just go back to that. The fact that this kind of case is entertaining, you know what I mean? It says a lot about 
what's going on in our world today. You know, we don't talk things out anymore, you know. And it's great that Drew apologized. She said thank you to everyone that pointed it out. She's going to grow from this. And she definitely is because Drew is that type of person, you can tell. Um, but she did apologize. She said she, you know, she didn't know she was being insensitive. Uh, well, she probably thought she she knew she was being insensitive because during the um, the show, she said, I know this is somebody's life and everything, but they're putting it out there. And it's true. They were putting it out there, but it shouldn't have been televised. I, I am a firm believer that um, your family life, your marriage life, all that stuff should be kept in your home, honestly. And if you're going to start going through divorces and all that, keep that in the court. Don't let nobody else get in it because it's just too much. It's too much. They shouldn't have had this televised. But he's he's televising it because he wants the world to know that men are being abused and he was being abused. He took the stand and spoke about it. And now she's speaking about it. And I, let me tell you, these both of them look like they were toxic towards each other. But in the end of the day, the reason that I, I am on Johnny Depp's side is because they nobody listened to what he had to say. And automatically cancel them out because they believe the woman. You know what I mean? And she really does look like she's doing, she did things to him. Like the recordings and all that doesn't make it as believable. And it's sad because there are people out there that are suffering and, you know, it's not a joke to them. That's why I, I, I find it to be um, very hard um, to try to get on her side because the things that she's done is very calculated and, you know, if you listen to the trial, you can see the things that she's done. Now, I was listening to Bethany Frankel, who was one of the New York housewives. She has her own a podcast, which I can relate to her because she's like a New Yorker and she really speaks like a New Yorker. And, you know, I'm real and she says real things. She might be a little bit more uh, <laughs> like aggressive with her words, but um she gets on point and she, you know, you can tell she, to me, she looks like a good person, but you know, I, I don't know her personally, but I honestly think she's a good person. So I wouldn't mention her if I didn't think so. Uh, so Bethany was talking about Drew had to apologize because of, of this, of the, the Johnny Depp and, um, to Amber Heard, because she said that, you know, um, she was called out on it because of her opinion. She felt that's how she felt. She felt like it was you know, insane that all of this was being out there and it's very entertaining to watch because, you know, somebody's just putting it out there and she, you know, she's just watching it. It's such a sensitive time and it's like we're stuck in it. And 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 Bethany is, is um talking about we, we're being watered down, she's saying, because she's saying, yes, she agreed with Drew that it is a seven layer dip of speaking. She was saying it was 47 layers dip of insanity because it really is that's what's happening. It's unraveling in front of us. We're seeing what's going on. We are like looking at this couple that went through this, you know, and they're putting it on the stand so everybody can see. So she was saying yes, you know, but she, she was saying that the, the fact that Drew had to apologize is like, why do we have to apologize for everything? That's what um, she's saying that we're all being watered down and, and everything that we say is becoming a problem. Like it's, it's so sensitive. And if you really felt, if she really felt like that, why couldn't she just say that? Why is it a problem that she said that? So that's what she was saying. She said she knows that it's a sensitive uh, uh, subject and things like that. But, you know, the way she described it, 
it was true. That's how Bethany felt. So, like I said, marriage life should be kept private, especially a relationship like this that is entangled in drugs, abuse, and just pure craziness. It was just too much. It's just too much to watch and 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 sad. This is one case that's not going to go away. We'll be, we will be talking about this case forever, forever. And now... If it's not true and it comes out that he wins, then, you know, which I'm hoping he does win, it's going to look like every woman that gets understand to talk about, you know, abuse and, and, and her relationship is not um, saying the truth. And um, it happens, though. It does happen. But, you know, it's not fair. It's not fair because a lot of bad things are happening in this world. And mentally, they both um, uh, hurt each other. And... She just went out to uh, ruin his career, and that's not that's not nice. That wasn't that wasn't nice. The real thing is, is it going to be worth it at the end? You know, I hopefully it turns out for the best for him, and of course her, she can move on. You know, go on her merry way. But um, yeah. So that's basically it. We will see. <laughs> I was watching Purple Rain the other day for like the 15 millionth time with Prince, the beloved Prince. And every time I watch it, I see something different. You know what I mean? You you catch so, a new something new that you didn't see the first time or that you saw but you forgot so it refreshes you. Uh you know, it refreshes your memory from the from that scene. So, you know, of course, the iconic scene when he threw her the the earring and she's on the other side and like in pieces of that scene that earring was part of the movie because when she was on stage and he was looking at her on stage when he went to go visit her to see her on stage she was in lingerie first of all, and she touched her ear to show him that she had the earring on that he got her and the funny part in that scene was him with his sunglasses. You know, it's pitch black when you go to a club, right? And <laughs> so he has his sunglasses on. I'm like, how could he see anything? <laughs> you know, I don't wear sunglasses as much because I don't feel like I look so cool. You know, Prince looked cool in his glasses. Um, my best friend actually wears glasses. She always looks cool in her glasses. But for me, I don't feel like I look good in glasses. So for, when he wore the glasses, the sunglasses at night, so funny and in the club when you go in that club extremely dark with sunglasses on how could you even see you <laughs> that made me laugh and then there was another scene when the um i actually thought the father died but I, he didn't he he had a bandage around his head and he didn't he didn't really die I, I forgot at the end that he went to go visit him in the hospital see that scene i had forgotten about so then when i saw it again i said oh okay i forgot his father did, did not die and he um he went to the hospital and then the one scene oh my god he was like it was like a raunchy thing because you know prince was raunchy on stage and the one thing that he had was when um I think it was Lisa. You know, it was Wendy and Lisa. One of them. One of them was on stage. She had the guitar in front of his private parts. And then she's like moving her head. Like, you know, and he's like playing the guitar. And that, that shit was raunchy as hell. And it was freaking funny. <laughs> and then when Morris Day passed by with his uh, entourage and he was like, how's the family? 
and they all started laughing and all that. And then he stopped in the hallway because he felt bad that he did that. That was a part that I didn't remember about him. Um, and it was uh, it was kind of nice to see. Uh, also, the fact that everybody smoked in the audience was funny to me, especially when today, you know, all of that is banned. Um, nobody ever thought about fires and, you know, stuff like that. And they just did whatever, you know. <laughs> Everybody, literally, like, in the audience were, like, with a, with a cigarette in their hand. So funny. But no offense. He smacked the shit out of Apollonia. And um, then he went to hit her again. Like, in the, when they were in the alleyway. Or not in the alleyway. Wherever they were. It was outside. Um, honestly, he would have hit me the first time. I wouldn't even got back with him. This movie. <laughs> so, it was kind of... Uh, a weird that that happened. <laughs> that that happened. Uh, At the end of the day, you already know. His high heels. Of course, we all noticed his high heel boots. Prince wore high heels, guys. And he always had his high heel boots on. Which was really cool. Uh, I love that. And he was extremely small. If you look at it, he's a really small guy. He kind of reminds me of the same kind of uh, Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony has the same kind of figure. And... um. And, you know, Mark Anthony, a lot of women find him sexy. And that's exactly what Prince. Prince was very good looking. Uh, after his death, um, they said that he was really a great guy. That he contributed a lot to, um, I think I spoke about this before. He contributed a lot to people in the community. Like if you had a new roof, you didn't know if he was the one that actually paid for your new roof. Sometimes money comes from somewhere and you're like, well, you know, you're thinking you're taking a loan or whatever it is. Or grant whatever it was and it was actually from him and but he wanted to remain anonymous so when he died people were like no we're gonna say it we're gonna we're gonna his friends were like yeah we're gonna come out and say it and apollonia i i found her online because you know i like to uh to see what's going on with the, the the people that are still around and you know what she looks amazing still she's still stunning that woman and the last part that was my favorite <laughs> I mean, just gave me a refresh of uh, <laughs> of what it was. When he was uh, shaking his boots at the end of the movie. You know how he does with his um, legs. He uses those moves. And everything, you know, he started shaking his butt. His little naguitas. <laughs> so much fun. In his words. Hey, I got no money. But I'm rich. I'm rich in personality. <laughs> Oh my god, I love those words. He's so much fun. I don't know. I um rest in peace, Prince. So Bendito Apollonia Cotero said that she was a protege and a longtime friend. And that she didn't actually ever date Prince. But they were just friends. And she said that in Purple Rain, you know, um She said that he had major plans for her before he died in uh, 2016 including new music a possible possibly a new film and even a book to follow up his upcoming memoir so um it's sad she didn't get to do it um he even gave her cartero this is how nice he was he gave cartero and her apollonia six bandmates the trademark to the group's name to keep the legacy alive um she was like Damn, I gotta hit the gym now because he was. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's stunning. If you see her in this photograph, she is stunning. 
and she said she had to go rehearse. She was so excited about the whole thing, getting back into vocal classes. You know, it it was very exciting for her. And he was so happy, she said. He had so many plans. You know, but things changed. He died. This is what the article says. Sending Cotero into a rabbit hole of severe depression. As she put it in her first interview since Prince died on April 21st, 2016. He recently told the Associated Press by phone in Las Vegas that it sounds strange for me to be saying it for the first time publicly. I never discussed this other than with loved ones. I didn't think I was going to make it. I never felt that way before. I never suffered such severe depression. Ah, so she was very close to Andito. She said she never dated him, that they were family. She was friends. And she has a different type of respect for him. You know, that there's a different type of respect that he had for me. He had that for me for 33 years. We had our difficulties and I always stood up to him. I believe that's what he respected, that I wasn't a pushover. I said no to him for a lot of reasons professionally. Cotero records some of her last conversations with Prince, saying they talked about family, his friends, politics, love, death, dementia, our marriages. We discussed the issues that we had, all of the things that we didn't discuss before she continued. I just look like, man, we're growing up. We're old folks now. He gave me the look like, ain't no old folks here. She also said in his votes, Prince left her a house music album and began working on Apollonia 6 film. Cotero credits her faith in God for pulling her out of her depression after Prince's death, writing a lengthy letter to Prince posted to her Facebook page for months after his death was also therapeutic. Now she's ready to get back to her career. My passion is work, singing, acting, dancing, producing, writing. I'm a songwriter, she said. I'm feeling better about my life. My life has changed. Prince changed my life when I first met him and he had me in his film. He changed my life again when he was taken away from us too soon. I really believe that when God created Prince, he composed the most perfect song, she said, that comes from my heart. I really believe that he is music. Oh my God, this made me cry. I'm sorry, guys. This is so touching. So these were her words in the Americana Press New York article. It's funny because Americana Press, I did a, when I did my internship at the Democratic Convention, I ran for them. You know, I ran the film back and forth <laughs> for Americana Press um, in New York at the Madison Square Garden, I believe. So this it brings back a little bit of memory for me as well. But um, this was a touching thing. You know, he uh, they loved each other. Look at that. You know, this is what I'm saying. You know, you can have friends for so many years and you could disagree or agree, whatever it is, and still come back to each other. That's real friendship right there. Real friendship. Give me goosebumps just to read it. Guys, this world is falling apart in different areas. And... I mean, we're falling apart, but we're also coming back to life. And it's been happening for a long time. You know, we all... Mental health issues are coming to light a lot now. Like, for some reason, it's like a trend. And it's like um, unraveling over and over again. 
was thinking about Nelly Furtado the other day because one of her songs came on and we're like, what happened to her? Where is she? You know, like, because she was doing great for like a good, I think, five years. She had like hit songs. It's been almost 22 years since Nelly Furtado was out here making breakout singles. Promiscuous girl. Da, 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 da. That was one of her songs. I like that song. And Manita. You know, they were good. They're good. And they've been giving life on TikTok. They've been <laughs> TikTok has taken a hold of these songs. Breaking records, winning awards. And then all of a sudden overnight, you didn't see her anymore. So she took a step back from music and the public spotlight because she had a nervous breakdown in 2006. Isn't that crazy? She said it was too much pressure. She was hitting the, the stardom too quick. The stardom too quick. The stardom too quick. The stardom too quick. Stardom too quick. And she just wanted to be with her family. She said she went on stage one day. And suddenly realized how stressed out she was. That she cried her way through the first two songs. She took a break from music and went home. And she said that the whole family experience was what she was seeking. She did get a divorce. She said after two years of intense touring and partying. I spent hours alone in LA home. In LA home just staring at the floor. I felt like a fraud. Believing that people liked me for my image, not my music. And she released an independent album called The Ride under her own label. And it only sold 1,814 copies. Wow, I never, I would have bought it. It can't believe. 18, 1,814 copies. That's crazy. We're in a world full of millions and billions of people. And you only sold 1,814 copies. Uh, independent uh a label i understand but 1814 copies maybe because that was before really the social media was out and she was able to market herself a little bit better um you know because that's probably what happened because the truth is it was in 2017 yeah we were just starting out with the internet really um but we still had didn't we have um myspace so i'm surprised that she sold she has such a beautiful voice and her music is beautiful so Anyway, so she has, she's, she's on Instagram, but, you know, vaguely you hardly see her. But her Instagram is winter21. So just in case she releases a new album and wants to sell it, you guys can get it. Because even though, like I said, I don't, she doesn't sponsor me, I don't sponsor her. I just think that her music is amazing. And, you know, she's from Brazil. I didn't know she was from Brazil. Isn't that great? That's pretty much it. So, yes, Nelly. We're still looking for you. So Mike Tyson got into a, a little heated discussion with a freaking fan that didn't know when to stop. And I, that's annoying. I My biggest question from this, and I had also responded on Facebook, was why was Mike Tyson in coach? <laughs> and they were like, oh, why can't Mike Tyson be coach? And somebody was arguing with me on Facebook. Why can't he be in coach? Blah, 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 all this stuff. And I was like, that's not what I meant. I mean, he's a celebrity. You would think that maybe 
they would give him a little like push to the front or at least next to the the um the flight attendants you know because because you know celebrities they cause a lot of attention so so like that to avoid any problems i would have put him at least closer to the front or closer to the flight attendant and you know just to make things easier for the flight because you, you already know somebody's gonna go and act dumb right so He's been busy, man. He's been doing his hot boxing podcast, promoting his Tyson 2.0 butt line, which he launched last year. He says here the former heavyweight champion was traveling from San Francisco to Miami for speaking engage for a speaking engagement at the Benzinga Cannabis Conference when the April 21st airplane altercation took place. Tyson's reps claim the fan on the plane, Melvin Townsend the third threw a water bottle at Tyson to provoke him. Townsend's attorney denied the later claim. Okay, they, they're looking for money because he's not going to go and just hit you. And he did pound on him. But honestly, he didn't pound on him hard enough because back in the day, you already know he would have knocked you out. Uh, Townsend reportedly declined to press charges at the time. And both he and Tyson were free. And both he and Tyson were free to leave after the incident. It's unclear if an investigation is ongoing. Yeah, but he still came back with a lawyer. I think he's still trying to get money. Freaking ridiculous. But then later on, see how people are losing respect. I mean, he has done some disrespectful things in the past. But you know what? That's his past. We're talking about present life, present time. He had another heated fan encounter in Las Vegas. Just days after he was filmed punching an overly excited fan aboard a JetBlue flight. That's what it says here. Uh, Tyson, who was in Vegas attending events ahead of the Shakur Stevenson's anonymous decision win over Oscar Valdez at MGM Grand Garden Arena, was taking photos with fans when a woman stuck her finger close to his face from behind. Now, what woman on earth is going to go and put her finger in Mike Tyson's face? Really. Tyson wasn't having it and instantly turned around to confront the woman when her pink fingernail came up close to his nose. Who the... What the hell? This is crazy. His security appeared to rush over to the woman to de-escalate the situation. And, and Tyson's entourage escorted him away from the crowd. Thank God he has an entourage. Yes, thank God. Because... They're looking to uh, provoke him, it looks like. It's a social media time. You know, everybody wants to be a star. They want their 15-minute fame. And they go and they provoke this poor guy. Because they already know he has a temper. And he's been really good lately, you know. I, I love Mike Tyson. I, I'm, like I said earlier, I like, I like him a lot. I think he, he's been through some rough waters. But he's an older man now. An older gentleman now. And he is looking to just be calm and live his life. And sometimes people are so bad. You know, these are bad people, I say. Because they want to come to him and they want to start some problems. When there's no problems. He's just being a happy person, living his best life. And just, you know, but they're looking for publicity. And they, why, why would a woman, tell me, why would a woman... Put her freaking finger in his face. Well, her freaking pink finger now. That, that's, that's just trying to look for problems. And if anything, he should sue her for doing that. 
You know what I mean? He should start suing people. You want to start do- starting shit? He should start suing people. All right, you want to be in my face? All right, I'm suing you. You want? Oh, I'm suing you. You want to throw me a bottle? I'm suing you. You know what I mean? Because if he starts fighting back with the, with the okay, with the law, you're going to see how everything works out for him, not for anybody else. Because people are so bad. People are so bad. This is, to me, I'm proud of him that he's come, overcome all of this stuff and he's come a long way. He needs to be left alone. Let him live his life. He deserves to have his career like everybody else, you know? People already, there's so many that have taken away from him. He needs to just live his life. He's trying to. He's trying to, and he's doing really good at it. God bless you, Mike Tyson, and keep doing you. You're doing great. When you were young, you found out your husband had a girlfriend. Oh, yes. So you went and found out who she was, made friendly, friendly with her, and then what happened? Well, we went out drinking. Yeah. And I wasn't hardly drinking. I was just putting her to her good. <laughs> and I said, well, we better go eat so we can go home. And she was so drunk. She face went right down in her food, and that's where it stayed. I called him and told her. Come and get your lady friend. Her face is in the food. So you got her so drunk she passed out her food and then you called him? Yeah. He must I have been so shocked. To come and get her. <laughs> Grandma, you're what they call savage. I know, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. So mom told me that you're only carrying this bag because I bought it for you, but you don't really like it. Well, no. It's uh, too heavy. And it's just... Uh, I think it's ugly. <laughs> Everybody assumes, you know, they look at you and you're beautiful and, and everything's wonderful, but you didn't have an easy life, did you? No, I didn't. I had a very bad life when I was young. And what happened? Well, I had a, a three, a two husbands, and they were both drunks, and I got rid of them. And I kept my kids, and I went to work and fed them. So you don't let anybody disrespect you, do you? Oh, no, and I don't want anybody to disrespect me. So what advice do you have for anybody that may feel like they don't have anywhere to go or they're stuck in a situation? Well, I guess they'll have to do what you have to do. If you have to leave home, leave home. They have places where women can go, and the men can't get you. If that's their problem, but just Keep on keeping on. That's what I say. <laughs> oh my God, she's so cute. It's called Sassy Grandma, and I got her from FB That Watch, which was Facebook. So hilarious. She's so cute. And she was talking about how her husband, well, she's still by her, she said she's still by herself. She'd rather be by herself. But her, her ex husband, he was cheating on her, and she knew he was cheating on her. So she went out, she befriended his, uh, his mistress and took her out she got all drunk and then <laughs> you heard her she said come and get your girl <laughs> and her grandson was like <laughs> grandma you a savage and she's like yeah i love it <laughs> oh my god so funny i love her so cute so cute i feel like my mom's like that <laughs> sassy grandma that's what the girls my nieces and my um my daughter, they love being around my my mother because she's hilarious, and she takes she gives it to you hot. You know what I'm saying? You know you don't like it too bad. She's gonna say it like it is, 
And sometimes it gets her in trouble, but that's okay. At her age, say whatever you want, ma. (laughs) You can find Sassy Grand on TikTok. And she's almost going to be 100. She's so pretty. You should see she just is so beautiful. She's like a very classy lady and very real. And I played the whole segment for you uh, because I just love her. <laughs> so follow her on Sassy Grand on TikTok. She's so much fun. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. And I hope you guys subscribe, uh, share, and like. And if you're interested in coming on to my show, please don't forget to DM me on Chit Chat with E on Instagram so we can discuss a conversation. I am so excited about these episodes. I just, I'm having a great time and I appreciate you. And I appreciate you guys. So, ciao, till next time. Oh, thank you.